Welcome to Brand Story, Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week, we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Joining us today on Brand Story, Inc. is one of the rock stars of content marketing, Andy Crestadina. Andy is the co-founder and chief marketing officer of Orbit Media, an award-winning digital agency in Chicago. Over the past 20 years, Andy has provided digital marketing advice to more than 1,000 businesses. He speaks at national marketing conferences, writes for big marketing blogs. He's also the author of Content Chemistry, the illustrated handbook for content marketing. He's written nearly 500 articles on content strategy, search engine optimization, and he's on everybody's top 10 list. Top 10 online marketing experts to watch, Forbes top 50 marketing influencer, Entrepreneur Magazine, Top 20 Content Marketing Influencers on Twitter. The list goes on and on and on. He's also our first returning guest on Brand Story, Inc. As the content marketer's content marketer, and our company, Teamworks Media, holds him in the highest regard. Regularly refers business to Orbit Media since their website design and development is centered around brilliant content marketing. And we're rallying our community to attend Content Marketing World this September 28th through October 1st in Cleveland, Ohio as this is a part of a series of keynote speakers who will be presenting there. If you go to contentmarketingworld.com and register using the promo code BRANDSTORY100, you'll get 100 bucks off your entry. So let's sit down now with Andy Crestadina and dig in on his upcoming presentation on search engine optimization. Andy, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Jay. This is awesome. I'm very I'm honored uh, to be a repeat guest on your show. Well, you know what? You had a lot of love from the last time on, and, and it seems uh, we're overdue to, to connect. And since you're at Content Marketing World and my mind is there, I figured, let's get you back on. And, you know, I saw your presentation, uh, which is scheduled to be From Key Phrases to Content, the SEO Workshop for Hands-On Marketers. What can attendees expect from this workshop? It's a longer form which is very helpful for SEO because there's a lot of little elements, a lot of little aspects to that. And uh, unlike a lot of just stand-up and speak-type presentations, it's going to be a, more, a bit more interactive. So people will raise their hand, pick a page, pick a key phrase. We're going to look at the content. We're going to deconstruct it. Every page that ranks uh, ranks for reasons, and every page that doesn't doesn't rank for reasons. So um, eventually I get to the point where I can look at any page and basically tell you, uh, you know, why it does or doesn't rank. So it's going to be kind of a workshop. I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, I want to zoom out for a second because I know the title is for SEO workshop for hands-on marketers. There are, there are so many SEO hands-off marketers that listen to Brand Story Inc., people like me who trust in colleagues to advise us on SEO. And for the SEO hands-off folks, what are some of the highlights of what's changed and is changing that we should be paying attention to in, in your awesome, always Andy's non-technical terms. <laughs> well, a lot of news around SEO has changed, but I don't think that the actual search ranking factors or the algorithm itself has changed that much. If you ranked a year ago, you probably still rank today. If you didn't rank a year ago, probably that hasn't changed. <laughs> so, but, but the problem with the SEO community is that there's just so much news. There's like SEO blogs and news sites that just kind of have to have something to publish. So. They need something to talk about, and so there's a lot of trends that look like a big deal from a distance. But when you're in the trenches, the stuff really, you know, it doesn't evolve that quickly with one big exception. What's very different now is that Google every day is putting more and more stuff into search results pages. They call them SERP 
features as mm -hmm. in a search engine results page, search engine results page features. And so SERP features now are so, it's, there's so much proliferation. People also ask boxes, videos, products, ads, the map, you know, featured snippets. And pretty soon, like the top organic ranking is like farther down the page. Mm -hmm. And there's so much visual noise that it's pulling away attention and clicks from uh, the actual websites. Yep. So my prediction year over year is just that click-through rates for organic positions in search will continue to decline. Sort of like if you remember 2014 when Facebook organic reach declined. Mm -hmm. um, it's that, I mean, this is a company that's beholden to shareholders and trying to make money. So if they can keep people on their own platform or within their own products, they definitely will do that. Yeah, so you're, if I'm saying it back to you, the, the, or the ability to be you know, on the upper half of a page uh, from a ranking perspective is becoming a challenge based on Google's advertising, right? Your organic's getting pushed down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if ranking number one isn't what it used to be. If you ranked number one five years ago, mm -hmm. you might have been 300 pixels from the top of the browser. Mm -hmm. If you rank number one today, you might be a thousand pixels from the top of the browser. Hmm. It's just uh, all these, there's more and more stuff. They're more visual, they're more, there's like, a, they're richer search results pages. Yeah. And for a lot of things that you search for, you know, Anyone whose SEO strategy was to answer short questions mm -hmm. or, or answer questions for which you know, the answer is short uh, has a big disadvantage because some of that stuff will just appear in the search results page, in a featured snippet, or in a people also ask box. Mm. So mm -hmm. uh, click-through rates are declining generally. A, a strategy that puts you on the right side of this trend is to make sure that your content is answering questions for which the answers are long. Mm -hmm. like. You know how to set up a broadcast campaign okay that's mm -hmm. not a one-word answer mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you know if you produce that which you could do beautifully um that visitor would have to click to dig deep into the content and read got it got it well you know while we're on that i mean evaluating competition and key phrase difficulties one of the topics you're going to dive into a content marketing world what are some of the, the key highlights of this section of the workshop that part of search i don't think has changed a whole lot Basically, uh, to rank for a very competitive key phrase, you have to have sufficient domain authority, as in the quality and quantity of links to your website have to be sufficient such that your site is viewed as credible enough within Google. Mm -hmm. So when researching key phrases, uh, you're pretty much wasting your time unless you make part of your process this step of checking to see the authority of your site and therefore the likely authority of your page. Uh, and if you're the authority of your page, and these are measured by SEO software companies like Ahrefs or Moz or SEMrush, they all give you these different, you know, a score. If the if that score isn't in the same range as the other pages that rank high for that phrase, you have no chance of ranking. Mm -hmm. Go target a different key phrase. <laughs> target a longer phrase, a less popular phrase, a more specific phrase for which there's less competition. So that's that's uh, that hasn't changed. And if you're not evaluating competition checking authority and targeting key phrases that you actually have a chance of ranking for, you're really just wasting time. Really well said. Or, or, or just make the page you want to make and don't worry about it and, and, and attract, you know, <laughs> say, you know, a hundred other ways to drive traffic. There's more to life than search, right? Right. Well, you know, it's, it's a good point, though. I think, you know, to your, that, that's where we're having this conversation. I think the one thing you alluded to a few minutes ago was that you know, the fundamentals haven't really changed. While some, there has been mm -hmm. some things you've alluded to this change, right? Content that really hits the mark on search relevance is that holy grail, right? To your point of being able to answer something well, well-defined mm -hmm. by people 
seeing value, people seeing it, right? Like, and using the tactics you just talked about, differentiating it from your competition, um, providing, you know, deeper, richer, um, valued information. I'm, I'm curious, you know, what, if anything, insights and tips you can share with, share with us that, that still illustrate this and if anything is changing other than what you've already referenced? Uh, I think you, you really hit the point there, which is the job of the SEO is to meet the visitor's expectations by answering the question and being one of the best pages on the internet. And if you're serious about this, you are, and this, I don't mean this to sound cute or be some kind of exaggeration. I, I mean this sincerely. If you're serious about search, what you really should be doing is making the best page or one of the top 10 pages on the internet for your topic. That means an obsession with quality. Uh, mm-hmm. That means going, uh, you know, eventually exceeding the expectations of the visitor and making something that, you know, Google is trying every day to help people find. That's the kind of content that Google's trying to help. So one way to think of it is that Google famously has 2,000 math PhDs on staff. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of math PhDs. <laughs> and if you make a crappy page and try to get it to rank, there are 2,000 math PhDs trying to stop you. <laughs> if you make an amazing page, <laughs> then there's 2,000 math PhDs trying to help you. So don't try to trick a robot. Keep your audience in mind. Obsess over quality. Answer every related question. Touch on all the related subtopics. Make an exhaustive piece of content. Yes, research key phrases first. Yes, evaluate competition first. Uh, check the authority of your site compared to the other sites. But if you do that well, um, you just don't really have to worry that much about changes in search. You made something awesome, and Google's going to help people try to find it. I'm going off a little off topic here. I, uh, Joe Pelusi's coming on next uh, next episode, and we're talking about, you know, I think he, he just reprinted an edition of Content Inc. because there was such a boom during COVID of, content marketing, small to mid-sized businesses, right? And, and entrepreneurs, people leaving their jobs who try to go start their own um, business and content using content marketing as kind of the backbone for that. I, one thing that I've seen that's interesting is that the actual position of, of an SEO expert on staff, um, especially with small to mid-sized businesses, it's, it's rare that, that I'm seeing that, right? Um, especially mm-hmm. for small businesses. And so, since it's such a fundamental um, piece of the content marketing engine, I'm curious what advice you have uh, for, or, or what you're seeing in terms of that trend of where somebody with the SEO chops, you know, I mean, you're at the top of the game in the country here, but somebody who can speak to it and use it in a way that, that we're talking about here, what advice do you have for companies that may not have the resources to have a full-time dedicated person to help them on this? Well, I think it's kind of a weird idea to have, I mean, for unless you're a big business, like enterprise size, to have like a full-time SEO, try to imagine what that person's going to be doing with their time. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, and, and this gets to one of my big problems with the SEO community and the industry as a whole, is that the people who buy SEO services are so uninformed on what that job actually entails. Mm-hmm. It's Every day, people hire an SEO firm and start paying them, you know, five or 10 grand a month. And if you ask them what that company is actually doing for them, in a lot of cases, people don't actually know. Mm-hmm. What do you think an SEO does when they wake up in the morning? <laughs> what, what, are they, what does that person do with their time? In a way, you could think of, you know, SEO is sort of an outcome more than a specific task, hmm. more than a specific job. So what, 
if, if you sat down and watched me do, I'm, I'm making finger quotes, do SEO, <laughs> what do you think, you know, I'm actually physically doing with my hands? Mm -hmm. So take a step back, you know, think, think about that. And then ask yourself, like, what do you, what is really needed? Well, maybe you need a copywriter who understands search and is, and is good at researching key phrases. Mm -hmm. Ah, that's a specific job. I could write that job description today. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you need to grow your authority. You need someone who does like PR and they're good at reaching out to bloggers and journalists and editors to, uh, you know, get them to reference your content or include you in their stuff or accept a guest post. Ah, that's a specific job. I can imagine them doing that. So those are two examples where it's like an on-page SEO it. or an off-site SEO. What is it, anyone who's even considering spending money on this, <laughs> you know, with these goals in mind, should really try to inform themselves on what this specific job would entail. If you don't know, if you've got an SEO company that you're paying thousands of dollars a month to, and you actually don't know specifically what they're doing with your with your money, I'd, I'd pause that campaign now mm -hmm. and just see what happens. I just love tell them to put the, put, yeah. I love how you just baked the components of what quote unquote doing SEO is into the specific job task, right? Like yeah. it's a great filter for a copywriter or blogger to be able to be like, okay, yeah. um, understanding key phrase relevance and you know, to your point, yeah. um, building authority through outreach and credible links to authorities within the space. Super sure solid advice. Um you can write with SEO in mind. You can pitch with SEO in mind. Yep. You can you can do analytics with SEO in mind. But but that's what do you think that SEO person is going to do for you? It's a weird <laughs> thing, right? Yeah, SEO is a shady business because clients let them get away with it by yep. not holding them accountable. Yeah, people think they need to keep paying their SEO to keep rankings. That yep. was never true. Yep. You know, nothing. If you if you fired your SEO firm tomorrow, nothing will happen to your rankings. Yep. Just so you, just so people know that. I love this. See, that's what we. <laughs> Very that's, simple. That's why we're here, at Brand Story Inc. Well, Andy, one of the most off-cited Andy Crestedinisms I use is this notion in your book, uh, Content Chemistry, how you talk about uh, content hubs or content marketing efforts that, that don't necessarily lead to a direct B two B business lead. Right. The notion that consumers would go from a blog post or a video on a content hub to the main website's call to action is actually relatively rare, and I. I, I fumble, mm -hmm. you say it really well. I would love for you to, uh, we talked about this in the last podcast, but I'd love for you to explain this misconception in the way that you do so well. Yeah, it's content marketing has extremely powerful but indirect benefits. If you go to analytics and create a segment showing separately people who start their visit on a blog post versus pe people who start their visit on one of your sales pages or service pages, you'll, you'll see the conversion rates from each of these two types of visitors and very common for the difference to be dramatic. Like mm -hmm. people who start their visit on a, on a service page are 50 times more likely to become a lead than people who start their visit on a blog post. The reason is obvious. Some people, every website visitor has a certain type of intent. Mm -hmm. if, they're, if they have commercial intent to make a transaction or become a lead or get some help, then they're much more likely to uh, take action. If they're on a blog post, they probably just have information intent. And what are the odds someone who's looking at a blog post suddenly decides they magically like need that <laughs> company's service? It's not very likely. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you have to look at the indirect benefits of content marketing to really get its full value. For example, nobody's ever going to link to your service pages 
That would be weird. Mm -hmm. But you need links to get that service page to rank. So the blog posts are there partly to give the world something to link to. Mm -hmm. They'll improve your authority. Every site with high authority has a lot of content marketing on it, almost without exception. Mm -hmm. Those articles will grow your email list, which is the way to you know, eventually decouple your fate from tech giants right. like Facebook yeah, and Google exactly. who are not right. in business to help you. Right. It'll give you something to talk about in social media. How do you do social media without having content on your website? Mm -hmm. So search, social, and email all basically require that we are active in content marketing. But don't kid yourself and think for a minute that a visitor to a blog post is going to suddenly realize they need to hire you. It just isn't very likely. That connection is rarely discussed or rarely described. You can read everything on HubSpot, and they don't really ever explain that, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, so, yeah, well, that's a, why I wanted a, you to say it because when I have a conversation with clients, they're like, well, why are we hiring? Like, There's this notion, especially people that are relatively – nascent in the content marketing game that it's like a direct cause effect right like oh i do content and it leads to this immediate funnel right and it's like no nah, it's not that simple right and you the way you just described it i think is uh, i've got to press practice my crestodinaism on on being succinct about it but that's it was it was one of the highlights of our podcast from a year ago that i wanted to revisit because it keeps coming up in conversations i'm having and therefore i think our audience benefits from hearing that as well it's 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 kind of an eyebrow raiser when you talk to people about it it, and once people catch on to that, they stop worrying about the fact that their blog posts have a bounce rate of 95%. Mm -hmm. Who cares? Right. It doesn't matter. That, right. that article exists just to help those people. Right. And its business function is to you know, attract links, to grow the email list, and yep. to give you something to talk about in social. It, so it's, it's not a... Right. Uh, you, you can't... Build, so sometimes it helps to talk about the specifics. This is a 20-year-old business, so be careful comparing... You're beginning mm -hmm. to someone else's middle. But at Orbit, we generated 900 leads last year, $6 million in revenue, $0 spent on advertising. Mm -hmm. How is that possible? It, because we're leveraging the flywheel effect. We've grown this you know, traffic over the years, a million and a half visitors a year. Mm -hmm. Almost none of them take action. Right. But the percentage that do is sufficient to keep the team fed, right? It's like right. 42 people plus their spouses and kids right. are on our health care. Yep by content yep love it love the practice what we preach well last question for you i know we're up against the clock here i invite everyone listening to go to the show notes for this podcast as i'll link to our 2020 podcast with andy which goes really deep into his must-have content marketing book content chemistry the illustrated handbook for content marketing can't recommend it enough uh question for you what are the biggest updates that you have to this book based on where we are in 2021 wow I'm obsessing more than ever about the science of headlines, uh, the psychology of headline readers, mm -hmm. and have gradually come to believe that there is nothing more important than the headline in terms of driving traffic. Nobody clicks or taps on anything until they've done a split-second cost-benefit calculation in their brain. Mm -hmm. So I've concluded that, my, that the job of the writer of the headline, which is one of the toughest jobs and most important jobs in any content team, is to write headlines that increase the perceived benefit or reduce the perceived cost. Mm. So, and there's a bunch of tricks to that, but that is, um, I'm not sure it's possible to overstate the importance of the, how, the high stakes game that writing headlines is all about. Well, if you're liking what you hear, you can meet Andy in person at Content Marketing World this September, late September, early October in Cleveland, Ohio. You can follow Andy on Twitter at, at Crestodina, C-R-E-S-T-O-D-I-N-A. Check out his fantastic content on his website, design development company, orbitmedia.com. 
Andy, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Jay. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for listening to Brand Story, Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.